A brief message. I would like to say before you listen to this story that violence is bad no matter what you're wearing on your head. I'd also like to say that as a firefighter, distracted driving is more harmful than any of the dangers I see on a regular basis. So if you become possessed by the spirit of a deceased cowgirl, do not use that as an excuse to distract your parents while they're driving, or you might be maimed, murdered, or killed. In other words, drive safe, everyone. I'm Anna. I'm Riley. This is Ill-Advised Stories. Written by my dad. It's my dad, too! Casey. Casey wasn't tall enough to see over the counter. Her eyes glanced down, seeing a milk crate full of old hats. They would have been easy to ignore since she wasn't a hat person. But then she saw something beneath the baseball caps. She put her toy horse on the floor and dug in. What she found was no ordinary hat. It had a brim going all the way around and looked like it came from a movie. Somehow she knew it was for her. Put that down. It's probably got lice, Casey's mom said. The girl behind the counter gave her a look. I'm sorry, I didn't mean any offense. It's just so common nowadays in the schools, you know? I didn't mean anything about your store or its cleanliness. Her mom gave the girl an uncomfortable smile, then went quiet. The shop girl shrugged, going back to her paperwork. Her mom was there dropping off donations. They never bought anything in the store, but every couple of months they came in to get rid of old clothes. Casey held the hat closer to her face. She didn't see any lice. She wasn't sure what they looked like, but she was certain it had none. What she did see was writing. Casey thought it said something like Calamity. If that was a name, it was a strange one. She sniffed the hat and kind of liked it. It smelt like soil and sweat. Those weren't things she usually cared for. Can I get it? Casey asked. Of course not, her mom said. Why not? It's only three dollars. She opened her purse and started digging. Casey had a little cash, but it was buried under candy wrappers, papers, and lip gloss. She needed a free hand to keep looking. The hat started towards her head. Don't you dare, her mom warned. But it was too late. The hat was on. Casey tucked the bowler back, getting it out of her eyes. It wasn't quite a cowboy hat, but it was close. Casey didn't usually like cowboys. Her toy horse was from an incredibly pink princess set. A cowboy, or cowgirl for that matter, wouldn't be caught dead riding it. Besides, Casey had piano lessons, gymnastics, and dance. She didn't have time for cowboys. But when she stepped in front of the dirty, beaten-up dressing mirror, her feet were a little wider and her shoulders were back. Her hands went to her hips. She wished there was a gun belt there and a holster or maybe a nice bowie knife. She glanced at the rest of her outfit. Casey was wearing leggings, a cute shirt, and pink sneakers. Not to keep hating on pink, but those shoes were all wrong for how Casey felt. She started wandering towards the pile of old work boots. Ma, I'm getting this hat, she said over her shoulder with an assurance she'd never felt before. Her mom was about to say no again, but then she looked at her daughter. There was no arguing with a look like that. Fine, but you'll have to buy it yourself. I reckon it's such, Casey said. She pulled the cash out and threw it on the counter. That'll cover me. The boots were up high, piled on a shelf over a clothing rack. Casey grabbed the chair and pulled it over and started climbing. You got any kid size? My feet are a mite bit small, she called to the shop girl. It took a moment for the shop girl to answer. In the work boots? Um, no. She turned to Casey's mom. She's not supposed to be climbing in the furniture like that. Sorry, I don't know what's gotten into her. Casey, get down. Casey eyed her mom. It was a long moment. There was a quiet in the room, 
like high noon at the OK Corral. The shop girl and Casey's mom felt nervous waiting for the little girl to answer. Then Casey smiled, breaking the tension. Ain't looking for no trouble, she said, holding her hands up. The shop girl and Casey's mom both breathed out and looked at each other. Neither knew why they'd been so worried. Should we mosey? Casey asked, coming back over. She bent down and picked up her toy horse. She looked at it for a moment, taking in its long, flowing hair and its color. Well, ain't that pretty, she said, shaking her head before tucking it under her arm. Um, I suppose so. We've probably left your brother sitting in the car long enough. He picked it. I won't feel bad. Let him sit a bit longer, Casey said. Her older brother, Ben, had been on his phone when they pulled into the parking lot. He complained when their mom asked him to help bring in the donations. Boy needs to learn some manners anyway. Casey frowned, looking far too serious for a girl of seven. Casey's mom and the girl behind the counter looked at each other. Then the girl snorted, and they both started laughing. (laughs) Casey, what's gotten into you? Her mom asked. I do apologize for my ill humor. Well, let's be about it, then. She tipped her hat to the shop girl and started for the door. They had an SUV. At some point, while they'd been in the shop, Casey's brother had moved into the front seat. Ben barely looked up as Casey and her mom got in, though he did do a double take when he saw Casey's hat. You let her get that? He asked. She paid for it herself. Go ahead and get in the back. Come on, Mom. It's not like we're going far. Ben's eyes were back on his phone. You know the rules. But he ignored his mom. Well, that's not going to do it all, Casey thought. She looked over the back seat in the cargo area and saw what she needed. There was a cargo strap. Casey tied a loop in it, and before her mom could ask her brother again, Casey swung it forward. The loop wrapped around the phone, and Casey pulled it away. I think you ought to do what Mama asked, Casey said as the phone flew in her hand. She laid it on the seat next to her, then settled back into her booster, clicking her seatbelt shut like holstering a pistol. She'd been so fast that Ben still didn't understand what happened. He looked back at his sister, who was staring at him from under the brim of her hat. Get! She said, pointing to the spot Ben usually sat. Don't make me come up there and hogtie you. Ben looked at his mom. Mom, what's wrong with her? Their mom shrugged, then motioned with her thumb. She told you to get. Don't make me repeat myself, Benjamin, Casey said. She undid her seatbelt and held the cargo strap tight as she started towards him. There were three years between them, and Casey was small for her age, but it didn't matter. She was menacing as she came forward. Fine. Ben said, opening the door. He went around and got in behind his mother. Casey had settled back into her booster seat, buckling again. She was holding her toy horse up, examining it. She took out a small comb and started brushing the horse's hair. It's pretty and all, but it ain't very practical, she said to herself. Her brother was staring at her as their mother put the car into reverse, backing out of the parking spot. You ought to get your seatbelt on, Casey said to her brother, never turning her head or looking out from under her hat. Ben grumbled. He was doing it, but not without complaining. He was also searching for his phone. Where'd you put it? He asked. You're probably sitting on that fangled device, Casey said. Their mom pulled out onto the main road. It was a busy spot, a divided thoroughfare with lots of stores and traffic. Not a good place to have your seatbelt on. But Ben was more concerned about his phone. He let the seatbelt go and lifted his butt up, searching underneath. Their mom, of course, didn't notice. She was paying attention to her driving. Do you see it? Ben asked his sister. Casey was still occupied with her horse, debating over cutting its hair. You're too wor- worried about that plain thing. Silly waste of time, if you ask me. And this isn't? 
Ben asked. He grabbed the horse away from Casey. Benjamin, you give that back to me right now. Find my phone and I will, Ben said, holding it away from her. Ordinarily, Casey would have called her mother to intervene, or she would have done as her brother asked and helped him look for his phone. But this wasn't an ordinary day for Casey. It's clear that the least constructive thing she could do right then was anything violent. Violence is never a good way to solve a problem, especially when your brother is so much larger than you. Wrestling with him over the horse was ill-advised, so Casey didn't do that. Instead, she punched him square in the nose. Benjamin was shocked and a bit stunned. It was a really good punch. He held his nose, calling, Mom, Casey hit me! He was still holding the horse, too. So you see, nothing solved. Violence is bad, even when your brother is being a jerk. And I got another one for you, too, if you don't give it back. Casey thumbed her nose, pulled her hat a little lower, and held her fists up in a fighting stance. What is the matter with you two? Their mom called from the front. Ben started putting his window down. You know what? He said over the wind and the sound of the traffic going by. Just for that, he was dangling the horse outside. Come here, you varmint! Casey undid her seatbelt and went after her brother. Again, I'll repeat that violence never leads to anything good. Casey grabbed hold of the horse's legs and pulled it back in the window. Her brother let go, but Casey didn't have the best grip. The horse slipped from her hand and went flying, aimed towards the front seat. It hit their mom's armrest, bounced off the steering wheel, and dropped right under the brake pedal. As far as bad places for toy horses to be, being under the brake pedal of a moving vehicle in heavy traffic was just about the worst. Their SUV was traveling at 35 miles an hour. That doesn't sound that fast until you realize you can't stop and that you are approaching a red light at a major intersection. Her mom's foot came down hard on the brake, squishing the pretty pony into the floor, but doing nothing to slow them down. Of course, taking her foot off the gas pedal helped a bit, but not nearly enough as the cars in front of her had fully functioning brakes and were already stopping. There was a turning lane going into a big plaza. No one was turning and the lane was open. It was the only window through the wall of stopped cars. Casey's mom may have seen that if she wasn't distracted by looking down and trying to figure out what was wrong with her brakes. Keep in mind, this was all happening very quickly. This wagon's out of control! Casey yelled, diving for the steering wheel and landing on her mother's lap. She saw the opening and guided them into it. Their tires were squealing as they banked to the left, going through the light and straight into the intersection. Casey was now fully in her mother's way. Her mom was struggling to see around that bowling. In a way, she was lucky to be blind to the cars coming at them. Some people say that something like that, something so scary, could take years off your life. Others enjoy such a thrill. Yeehaw! Casey called, making it clear what kind of person she was, as she swerved and dodged out of the way of oncoming traffic. They made it to the other side in one piece, and then Casey guided their vehicle to the brake By that time, they'd slowed down quite a bit, but they still hadn't stopped. How do you pull the reins on these here ponies? Casey asked. She looked down and saw the emergency brake. She pulled back hard on it. Whoa! She called, finally bringing the car to a stop. No one spoke, not for a long while. Then Casey said with a big smile, Well, that was exciting. She got off her mom, going to the other side of the front seat and taking a breath before starting down towards the pedals to recover her horse. Her mom glared at Casey, then at her brother. What is wrong with you two? Ben was searching around the back seat. There it is, he said, bending down and picking up his phone from the floor. As I said, violence is not a good thing. Lucky for Ben and Casey, their mom was not a violent person. 
In her entire life, she'd never raised her hand in anger to anyone, even as a child. However, at that moment, she was as close as she'd ever been. She grabbed the phone out of Ben's hand. Give me that thing, she said. It's going away for a month. Ben whined. But Mom, it wasn't my fault. It was Casey. Don't you dare disparage my reputation. Casey interrupted from under her mom's feet. She was upside down, and she had to look back from under the steering wheel to point the finger at her brother. Casey just saved us from crashing, Ben. If it wasn't for her, we all could have been really hurt. You get that, right? Her mom asked. She was squeezing the life out of the wheel. Casey came up with horse in hand. She held it up proudly. I figured if a girl wants to be a legend, she just has to go ahead and be one. She said. Legend? Ben asked. You got something to say about it? Casey asked. No, but I do, her mom said. And what's that? Casey turned to her. Her mom reached over and took the hat off her daughter's head. She looked inside it, seeing the name. Then she pulled it down onto her head and smiled. There's a new sheriff in town. Now both of you get in your seats and put on your belts. I ain't tolerating no more fussing and fighting. The end. As you can see, kids, every mom has her limit. If you push them too far, well, they might get a little cowboy on you. Or cowgirl, I should say. Calamity Jane, by the way, was a real person in the Old West. She rode with Wild Bill Hickok, and her legend grew as she recounted her adventures in an autobiography. A few of the lines in this story were quoted right from her. Speaking of writing, the next story up is going to be a few chapters from my book, The Curse of Purgatory Cove, available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It's got ghost pirates, a mystery, swashbuckling adventure, and a cranky dog. If you enjoy the book Holes by Louis Sacker, then I think you'll like this. The age range is 10 to 14, but Riley, my 8-year-old, Calamity Casey herself read it and enjoyed it. I just wanted to give you a heads up so you don't dive into anything scary. However, Halloween is right around the corner, and in early October, I've got a story called The Late Bus, which is full of monsters. What can I say? I live in New England, and we take spooky stuff seriously around here. Thanks for listening.